0: You're listening to NapaBroadcasting.com.
1: Welcome to NapaBroadcasting.com. If there's a heart of the Napa Valley, it's arguably Yountville. While there are wineries everywhere, the epicenter of food and hospitality is Yountville. Once a dusty, sleepy, some would say unsavory town, it now epitomizes the Napa Valley lifestyle. World-class chefs, five-star hotels, tasting rooms, and walkability. Truly the shining example of our world-class valley. And we're gonna talk about Yountville today with Yountville City Manager Steve Rogers who joins us for the first time here on NapaBroadcasting.com. Steve, thanks so much for coming in.
0: Thank you Jeff, pleasure to be here.
1: It's great to have you here. Uh, It is amazing, you and I were talking a little bit before we went on the air. To think back I mean you've been there nine years, but to think back ten years, twenty years and, and we all know a lot of the history, that it was this sleepy, dusty little place with a kind of unsavory reputation at some points.
0: Um yes, and, and you know, one of the interesting things we just finished the 50th year celebration of our incorporation and a chance to talk back to some of the folks. And that's exactly what they say. You know, Yountville was a uh, farm worker uh, center and then a support center for the kind of a little military base, if you will, for the veterans' home. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a little white spot on the road that a lot of folks in Napa didn't encourage their kids to go spend time.
1: Right. It had a bunch of bars that were not exactly world class, to say the least.
0: We kind of used the argument uh, we went from. Uh, 13 uh, bars to 13 tasting rooms. So we've always had an alcohol focus, apparently.
1: One of the things that that changed along the way is that, that Yountville decided that it was going to embrace tourism. And that may have changed in the nature of it over the years. But talk a little bit about how that decision came to be. Was it Was it a specific decision? Did it happen organically? How did that evolve?
0: Well, I think it really dates back to a couple pivotal things. Um, One is the Vintage Estate Group in the early 80s started work on what was the Vintage Inn, and then they acquired over time in that era the 26 acres in the center of town that's now known as the Vintage Inn, uh, V Marketplace, and the Bellagio. And that was the first large-scale hotel development, and there were some folks that at that point in time thought that was really uh, incredibly naive. The market wasn't there to support it, and, and they've slowly grown. Um, and then also we had the transition in the 90s from the Schmitz which operated a very successful restaurant at French Laundry, to Thomas Keller. So you had a few things that were organic, and I'm also going to throw in Domaine Chandon. Domaine Chandon's had an incredible uh, positive influence on the growth of uh, the culinary side of Yountville, because a, a number of chefs came out of their restaurant and their operations and including Philippe Chanty and uh, Bob Hurley just to name a few that are still in town so I'm, I'm going to say it, it's really more of an organic and as the business community started having some success on these it brought others that shared an interest and in some ways uh, Yountville was a little more approachable than Napa a little more willing to try something than St. Helena, and some of those folks that were uh, a little more willing to take a risk in the 80s and 90s, they set up shop
1: in Yachtville. And it really is, I mean, it, it's interesting because, uh, talking about Domaine Chandon, because it really is the culinary core that drove a lot of other things. I mean, the culinary change started to happen even before the hotel change. Correct,
0: and I would actually say the culinary reputation and the qualitative aspect of the culinary because it's um, it's one thing to eat dinner but most people don't come to yountville to get fed you come to yountville for the experience and i think that's now a kind of something that's true for the valley but it was really really true in yountville where our chefs mastered and became part of that reason over time the wineries grew and and focused on high-end the culinary relationship our lodging properties evolved to match the visitor that was coming for the uh, the restaurant experience right. and in fact um in talking with one of the former uh hotel general managers that had come from out of the area really challenged to figure out why the hotel restaurant on property was not doing well. And I said, well, the problem you have is that your your guests actually booked your hotel room here after they made reservations at three or four of the restaurants. And, and then he went back and reviewed and said, you're absolutely right. We're just Folks are coming for that and staying or dining at the uh, the hotel restaurant was not what they were thinking about as part of their Napa Valley experience.
1: Right. To one extent, was there specific leadership in in bringing about these changes? You know, in, in Napa, there were a number of people that that we could perhaps identify that were really responsible for some of the change that's taken place over the past 10, 15, 20 years. In looking at Yonville, were there specific individuals that were really at the forefront of bringing about this change?
0: I think you have a a small core. Again, we incorporated in 1965. So you had a small core, uh, the Bud Dolinskys, a few other folks at that era. And then I think over time what you saw with the business community evolve and the Egan family with the vintage estate, Villaggio, that group, the Schmitz, the transition. They really did put a, a business footprint, and in 1992, the community adopted a, a more uh, modern um, general plan. Early on in the 60s, there was an initial general plan that would have had Yountville going all the way to the Silverado Trail, and the community came back and made some conscious decisions to be a smaller um, footprint. And I also think the important thing that some of the, the leaders back in the uh, 70s and 80s, they also made a conscious decision to recognize that they did not have the ability to, you know, large property. So they needed to, to figure out an economic engine. And at that point in time, that they looked at tourism, and it wasn't the, the same thing. So they made a conscious decision to be supportive and try it. Um, and when you look at our uh, footprint, we simply don't have a lot of industry, manufacturing, and we don't f- you know, frankly have the space for it and the zoning doesn't support it anymore. So right. the egg Preserve also with the big discussion and the political uh, leadership at that time fully embraced it feeling that that would help them maintain the small footprint and embrace what they were trying to do with small scale tourism.
1: Who was the political leadership at that point? Who were the, who were the political voices in, the, in that period?
0: You know, for me, only being here nine years, I can get a little fuzzy on some of the <laughs> names. But the you had, I think, the... Um, I don't know what I'm trying to say. There was, you know, the Eric Knight and his family has right. been involved a long time. There's been a lot of people. Um, one of the things is, you know, um, uh, the Valley leadership's been very... Uh, in Youngville, they've been very passionate. You know, like, for example, the retiring CEO Cindy Sosterman mm-hmm. served a long time. Our, our current mayor and council, we have, you know, John Dunbar has been on the council. A long time. Going on twelve. our whole council. Uh, Richard Hall, uh, Margie Moeller, Marita Dornbecker. Um, our newest newcomer, um, Jeff Durham has been involved in the industry. They're very passionate. All of these folks came to Yountville for a reason, and I think what's embodied many of the folks that have come here, um, and that's probably what I say is really kind of true of most of the elected that have served in the last 25 years, they moved to Yountville, and something Mm -hmm. attracted them, and then they became very protective about Yountville.
1: Which really raises the question of what's left to do because the footprint is small, because the success has been so great, the restaurants are there, the hotels are there. What's left to do?
0: You know, I think we got off asked that. And, you know, people say, well, you know, there's nothing to do. And I'm like, you know, for a little sleepy town, we seem awfully busy. And I think there's a, a couple of things I would remind. Businesses and communities that stay stagnant and don't change and evolve will wake up one day and wonder what happened. Um, so you
1: just have to go north of Yonville I, to I you won't say see anything, that experience. But I think
0: part of our DNA has been the evolution and the fact that, you know, a business that opened 20 years ago may be approaching things differently and, and we try to understand that. Um, one thing is, you know, is a small community, but we are a community. Um, we're not as overrun by tourism as the popular myth the, because we only have 450 hotel rooms. Um, 450 hotel rooms sort of meters the number of visitors, if you think about it. So we actually have, I think, a, a good ebb and flow on how many people are coming in. Um, but what the flavor of the tourism looks like can be different. And I think that's part of that current discussion with growth of tasting rooms. And here you're seeing it magnified in Yountville, following into all the other communities. And, and really... I think that's an evolutionary factor. That's a part of the Ag Preserve and what I call one of the unintended consequences. When the county approves a bunch of wineries up in the foothills and the small roads and the CFOs decide that they need their winery to make financial sense, they look at how do they get in front of customers they're needing to come down to the valley.
1: Right, it's one of the great ironies in all of this, that in fact, tasting rooms are, particularly if they're in Napa or in Yountville or even you know downtown in the core of St. Helena, should be looked at, I would argue, as a good thing, because it does take traffic off the road, it does take people away from doing a lot of driving around, and it it, it it meshes perfectly with the reality of direct-to-consumer sales, which is critical today.
0: In Yountville, our council and the business community have come to realize that one of our marketing strengths, when you throw our free, you know, we subsidize the Yountville trolley, we try to market ourselves as a community where you can come park, stay at your hotel, come for the day, but you can get a walking experience, you can get several tasting room experiences, a couple different restaurants. And you don't have to leave town, and you get to experience the valley. I mean, we have beautiful views mm-hmm. all around the town, and walking paths that can get you, you know, to, to vineyard views and the experience. Um, and, and that's something that our community is very protective of, and where our, our council is real clear on. You know, that's what makes us different than Napa.
1: What thought is there among the council and in Yountville in general, just as, as conversation? That because it has gotten as high-end as it has, it really, you and I were talking before, it kind of caters to the 1%, and and that's okay. You look at the rates at at the hotels, at Bartizono or the meals at some of the restaurants, and, and that's who the audience is it is sensitive to economic turbulence in the broader economy. And, and to what extent does that inform some of the concerns that, that the city has?
0: Well, I think, it, one, it does, and that's also the organic, we talked earlier about the organic nature. Those are the business communities making business decisions. We have, you know, very successful operations choose to change who, they, um, who their target is, and they've been successful. One of the things that our council has supported, As I've been very practical on trying to increase the reserves in our community. And we actually have a, a fairly substantial one that we call our revenue stabilization reserve. And, and that is where we would look at putting, um, we have about a million. And what we use that goal is if something happens and TOT plummets quickly, um, you know, something goes offline, we have the ability to backfill our our revenue streams so that our service delivery is not impacted in our community uh, so we're trying to do some things that I think from a fiscal standpoint I would probably say are pretty conservative Um, We're also putting a fair amount of money into infrastructure because it's a 50-year-old community. Things that have 40- and 50-year life cycles have all come up and need
1: to be replaced. How much room is there for growth? How much opportunity is there for anything building out at this point, either residential or commercial?
0: Very little. There's one larger remaining parcel in town that will be a big topic as we go through a general plan update. But for the most part, um, the number of vacant parcels, I can count on both hands. And we've actually had some activity. Um, so very little. Um, but there is one larger egg parcel that we will have the responsibility uh, of developing consistent with our partnership with the egg preserve. We actually are responsible for providing and support for urban uses. So mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a vineyard that some folks may not realize is in the town limits, not the unincorporated county. mm mm-hmm.
1: Talk a little bit about the business mix in Youngville and to what extent that's part of, of the conversation and part of something that, that the city looks at.
0: It is, and I think you know that's a challenge. Again, I would say our council is very much a uh, business supportive, but they also respect the right of the business owners and free market condition and capitalism. One of our challenges is about seven years ago, we put together what we call our retail diversity ordinance. Uh, We were concerned about the potential proliferation or if you're wandering downtown and all you saw were tasting rooms. So we were one of the first communities to do something different. Others have looked at it. um, But now if a tasting room comes to town, 25% of their floor space has to be devoted to a non-wine-related retail. And then we monitor that. We have... One of the um, – we actually have 36 conditional use permits. We have a annual inspection of all of our businesses with a conditional use permit and go over, and something that I'm sure the county should take heed of. Mm-hmm. But if we, if we can do it, I'm sure they could figure out how to do it too. But it's important. Um, Our councils attach conditions for doing business, and we owe it to our community to go out and and try to manage and enforce those conditions.
1: Talk about Yanfield's relationship with the county, specifically with with the Board of Supervisors, as it relates to ag, land use issues, or anything else. I think,
0: you know, um, right now, I think we understand our DNA. So, like most of the communities, I think we have some questions periodically with the county, but I think for the most part the county our our staff works well with the county staff our electeds you know there's an occasional um we've been likened to be a teenager growing up and occasionally we have a question or may want to look at doing something differently than the county has historically and i think we're at one of those crossroads as a community Mm -hmm. that several of our communities are looking at some things and Um, You're seeing some of that right now with the county conversation about all the growth, what's going on in the county. Um, But for the most part, we have a a fairly good, effective working relationship. I mean, a great example, in my opinion, is we've had a a really successful shared service agreement with our relationship with the county and the county fire department. Mm -hmm. And then we contract, they contract Napa County Fire, that is, with CAL FIRE. We have a really great, very cost-effective for both our taxpayers and the county, um, and we have one of the, you know, uh, really proud Yountville Cal Fire station and one of the service deliveries. We've contracted with the county sheriff department Department. since our incorporation, and we have a a strong um, relationship, and you know, we have an influence on how that policing and service level. Um, there's a few things we occasionally may disagree with, but I don't, I, I would say for the most part. That relationship works well? I think so. We're, and I think it should be a model that a few communities well, elsewise should look at.
1: I feel strongly in agreement
0: um, with that. Because I think when one looks at size and scale, one of the things that I think part of our success financially is we don't tend to look at doing things that have a high overhead. Uh, because when you're a small agency with 3,000 residents, anytime somebody does a per capita analysis, I'm not going to look real good in that analysis because right. uh, fixed cost divided by threes compared to a fixed cost divided by 6000 not not going to do well, but we have certain things we have to do. But I think there's some areas where shared services, uh, we have some great partnerships also with the city of Napa. We we use city of Napa staff support for our housing authority operation and also um, for their water services support. So I think, you know, we try to realize that in some cases it makes better sense for us to, to work with others to get it done the way we would like than try to staff it all ourselves.
1: Is there concern in Yountville about competition? I mean, certainly more hotel rooms are coming online in Napa, high-end hotels that are being built. And Calistoga certainly has two very high-end hotels uh, in the works. Is there a sense of, of competition in terms of how it might affect revenue down the road and success down the road? I think I look at it two ways. One,
0: individual businesses are always concerned about competition. Mm-hmm. Um, competition can be good if people respond to it. Competition can change, so I would say certainly we're we're watching that. Um, there's also the belief of you know a rising tide rises for everybody. And if if Yountville's a certain niche and certain things increase in cost in Napa, then maybe the perspective is I might as well just go experience this. The other thing is what's the latent demand. I mean, if there's right. that much interest and capacity, then maybe there's a little more to go around. Certainly, the focus is on the higher end, and I would say, you know, we've been the model as you pointed out for that. Right. So, I wouldn't say we're not. You know, certainly we monitor that. Eighty-five percent of our total general fund revenues are derived from tourism. So, we want to take a look at that and, and make sure that the community, the business community, and the broader tourism community understand. Um, what Yonville offers. Um, So we're, as a a local government entity, we're a little more involved in tourism marketing and programmatic management than some communities because of that significant revenue requirement.
1: It's interesting. I mean, it's a little, I mean, the rising tide lifts all boats argument. It's like the gas station argument. If you have a gas station on a corner, it does X amount of business. If you put two or three on that corner, they all do more business.
0: One could say that. Again, I think the real question is what's the carrying capacity? And I say that the carrying capacity both in terms of visitor interest, our ability to have enough staff, employees, affordable housing, employee, all of those are part of the carrying capacity, our road structure, because if we're inviting more guests, regardless of how much footprint they take up, where do we put them in the valley? And I think that's really a a conversation that's going on uh, at different levels throughout the valley.
1: Which raises the question of the degree to which Youngville has and wants to have more, perhaps, or maybe even less, seat at the table in the broader conversation going on in the county right now about tourism and the role of tourism. I mean, in a city that relies as heavily as it does, 80 percent you know, of its revenue in T.O.T., as you talk about, that relies as heavily on tourism, it has to be of some concern, or certainly more than just passing interest, that this broader conversation is taking place in the county right now.
0: Well, I think, one, we do have a seat at the table, and I would probably say that's one of the things, but you're right, we need to make sure. And I think that's also our businesses need to be involved with Visit Napa Valley and understanding that broad perspective. Um, We certainly locally have our Um, Napa Valley Tourism Improvement District, Yountville, which focuses on marketing. We focus on uh, the town invests in a chamber marketing partnership to make sure that people do understand that here's what Yountville offers and here's some of the things. Uh, We focus more on the public relations side of it to get the story out to the right demographic. In our case, uh, a broad-based marketing campaign is not really effective because, as you pointed out, we want the right people that are going to be coming. And I think what you're seeing is most of the Valley destinations are revamping their, their marketing. And I think you're gonna see a big trend towards experiential lifestyle experiences because that's what that
1: demographic is looking for. Right. The other part of it is that that none of this exists in a vacuum and that as more and more wine regions, both in California and in the rest of the country, grow up. I mean the Los Angeles Times had a huge spread about this wine region in Mexico that, that's becoming very popular that, you know, Napa has to distinguish itself in some other way. And, and, and being, you know, first-mover advantage yeah. really helps in that high end. Well,
0: I think what you're seeing is the Valley is talking about arts. You know, arts is a real emerging scene. The spa, the relaxation, it's more than just the wine, because right. for a long time it was wine. Now it was wine, food. And, and now it's a whole lot of things. If you want to get outdoors... You know, we're now marketing the outdoors, the, the experiences, um, the Moore Creek Park. There's some really great opportunities. And so I think we're diversifying the experience and making sure that we can remain a destination of interest for people. Um, and we're very fortunate that, you know, we have an incredible proximity to the Bay Area that is unique. And, and that does drive a lot of the Napa Valley and Yountville's tourism model.
1: What are the challenges? What are the things that that you worry about for Yountville?
0: I worry about infrastructure. You know, as a manager, nobody likes to pay for things that they can't see or utilize on an everyday basis. So making sure that we have uh, roads, um, sidewalks, streets, streetlights, all of those things that when they don't work, everybody's really concerned about, uh, that's what keeps me up at night and, and looking at it. And, you know, we're in the middle of a flood bypass channel project right now that's not quite completed. And before I came up here, we were just issuing and doing all of our, our press releases to let people know that based on the, the current weather event, we're going to see some small nu- nuisance level flooding. The bypass project that we're working on, had it been finished, would have prevented that. Um, so I'm, I'm excited, but I'm hopeful that that's the last time we have to deal with that. Um, but infrastructure and then the, the other thing that I would say I worry about is uh, community, uh, maintaining a sense of community. And that's very broad. That's residents knowing their neighbors, interacting. It's making sure that we continue to have a school. Yonville has one elementary school it's our businesses interconnecting with each other and people realizing that uh, knowing the people and talking. I mean, we take great pride in our community that you can chat with a winemaker, you can run into the mayor, you can run into Thomas in town, but are our neighbors talking? And I'm, I grew up in a small town in Michigan, and I do think that's one of those things that can work, but it's going to take time. And, you know, People aren't as neighborly as they used to be. Well, the
1: other part of it is, and I'm curious, how big an issue this has become in Yountville is the whole second home issue. Mm-hmm.
0: It's, I think that goes back to that footprint that we're talking about in terms of does that. Um, and second homeowners come in all different flavors. Um, some second homeowners they're at they're three four years away from retiring, mm-hmm. so they're buying property in anticipation of moving up here. Um, and, and they're sort of like reformed smokers, in my opinion. They got really, really protected <laughs> because that's what they're looking for. But um, And then what surprises me is uh, we're a popular Chicago and Los Angeles destination. Mm-hmm. You know, we have people that come here, they'll spend two weeks, then be gone for a couple months, come back. Um, I actually have a, a neighbor down the street that is here one week a month, religiously. Um, we have a lot of Bay Area and Sacramento that are here weekends. So I mean, it's not all of them. I mean, some of those weekend folks are very passionate and very involved about um, what's going on. In fact, I know several people that they're registered to vote here in Yountville, even though they would probably say they spend more time in San Francisco or, mm-hmm. or Sacramento. But it's different, and I think you know when you lead to. Does that take housing stock that could be occupied by somebody working in the valley, potentially? Um, it, so it does have a lot of unintended. But nobody consequences.
1: has any control over that. I mean, that just N-
0: nope. And and the other thing I would say, is nobody wants to sell their property for less than they can get for it. If there's right. a willing buyer willing to pay X, right. then they want to
1: sell it for X. Right. What about affordable housing? You know, it's one of those issues that everybody talks about. There's only so much that can be done about it. There, There's no magic solution to it. To what extent is that an issue in Yountville? And, and to what extent is something actually, you know, there have been some efforts in this regard?
0: Well, actually, that's one of the things I get really excited about because we've done something. Um, we actually have the highest percentage of affordable deed-restricted housing units in all of Napa County, 10%. Um, Our council has amongst the highest impact fees for affordable housing, and when we've built the last couple um, hotels and expansion, we required um, affordable housing. We have an inclusionary housing policy. In the last nine years, we've brought online approximately 60 affordable deed-restricted Units. I'm not talking about the the lower rent mm-hmm. units above somebody's garage. I'm right. talking about those that are actually. So we're approaching 100 deed-restricted units, which in a community with 875 housing units, our council also uh, put a senior overlay to protect our two mobile home parks so that those would continue to be um more affordable for sec- for our seniors. So I would say, you know, we certainly we have a track record that other communities in the valley should look at if they have the fortitude. The biggest thing is they have to be willing to have the political will to impose the condition to build and to charge the level of impact fee that our council has been charging.
1: In your view, how did Yonville its electeds and and its people, how did they have the political will to do that? What was what was the the fulcrum for that? I think
0: there's a – one, I think they believe that the current council and past councils that have been involved in this dialogue for about the last 15 years, I I think there's twofold. One, there's social responsibility that they want the working class that are working in the community to be here. Um, And then secondly, at that level, I think there was an expectation that if you're coming to town, you're going to be successful and, and you need to share part of your success. And if you're not willing to contribute, then don't come you know and and that's easy said in a community in our current environment but i think it would also have been easy for the council to say no okay they didn't they held out and you know hotel yontville expanded uh, incredible property um the altamira family and they've helped uh, we we encourage them to build 25 units that are now managed deed restricted the, expand, the new Bardasano Hotel, um, they set property aside and money as well, and we have 25 units there that are managed by Napa Valley Community Housing. Um, we have inclusionary housing in our limited neighborhood subdivision. Um, North Block Hotel had to build four units. We just have made that a requirement, and uh, people that have wanted to do
1: business in Yountville are paying the price to do business. Sounds good. Do you have a problem with the teardowns of older houses, McMansions being built, people being being uh, trying to build more on the property than was there before? What
0: we see a, a, a little bit, what I would say, Youngville has a very European footprint. We have small lot size. So McMansions are not a big issue in Youngville so much because you just can't build that big on most of the lots what we are seeing i would say is that some of the older homes somebody is coming in and you're either going to see a remodel or a tear down depending on where they at and they'll try to rebuild something that better fits their interest and needs but it's not necessarily going to be large i mean in yountville we don't have a large number of homes that are actually over 2,500 square feet it's uh, one of those nuances to our, uh, most of our lot sizes are between five and 8,000 square feet. And with our um, space requirements in FAR, you just don't, you know, you don't see a lot of, we don't have a lot of four or 5,000 square foot homes.
1: What, if anything, finally, would Yonville like to have? A certain hotel, a certain restaurant, a certain chef? What, what would, you know, when you have these sort of wild conversations, what would Yonville still like to have?
0: I think you're going to get different questions different ways to answer that by different audiences. I think the, some locals would say they'd love something that's a little more affordable. And again, affordable defines by different. Um, some local services, um, probably a takeout, you know, something that's close <laughs> and easy if you're a resident. I think some folks would like that. Um, the same way we've supported some, um, you know, food truck vendors, so we add some diversity Um, you know recently I was responding to a post that said why can't you guys just leave it alone (laughs) you know and I think there's some folks that would say you know maybe there's some truth to that but I think the reality is we're trying to evolve I, I think we recognize our brand and it needs to be built on it and certainly we take pride as an organization that our employees and the services that we deliver uh, but we also are cognizant of you know where that revenue is derived and yonville is a fairly inexpensive place from a tax perspective and a burden Uh that's placed on our both businesses and our residents because so much of our revenue stream comes
1: from our visitor well i thank you so much for coming in Thank you very much. <laughs> Yountville City Manager Steve Rogers, thanks for being with us on NapaBroadcasting.com. Controversy, fun, and conversation. All the things that radio used to be.
0: NapaBroadcasting.com.